You're listening to the podcast that John Oliver loves to hate, Rogue Liberty. Hello, welcome to uh, Rogue Liberty. This is, I don't know which episode this is going to be. Uh, I'm going to record a bunch of episodes today and this will be released a few weeks after recording. And I'm super like stoked because I've got a Liberty Lockdown here. He agreed to come on last minute. Like as I said, I'm, I'm recording a bunch of episodes tonight. Can you do a short notice episode? And Clint, being retired at such a young age <laughs> and locked down in fucking California. I'm just so hungover. I was like, fuck it, man. What else am I going to do? I'm just laying on the couch. So I'll, I'll hop on with you. I appreciate it, man. I really do. Um, yeah, I just started listening to your podcast recently. I first heard you on um, on Pete Quinones' podcast, actually. And I was just like, because i seen you on like Tower Power Hour and shit. And I, was, I, I didn't know who you were. Sure. Never actually. Uh, uh, there's too many podcasts now and you, you just are. don't know which ones to watch anymore so like when i saw you on that and i saw you on pete's podcast i was listening to pete's podcast i was like yeah i need to listen to this guy and as soon as i fucking did i was like yeah this is now like when i'm when i'm working and that because I, I work nights yeah yeah yours is like automatically downloaded as soon as it comes up i'll be one of the first people to watch it i really really appreciate it man i that's the hardest part about the uh, Libertarian Podcaster game is just breaking through all of the great shows to try and get into someone's like top three or four rotations. So anytime yeah. someone says I'm in their top five or whatever, I'm like, that means you're actually listening to me. Because if I'm in your top ten, you're probably not getting to most episodes. So I really appreciate it. Well, that's it. And it's like, like, and, and also like you got fucking people listening to you in Estonia and Italy coming up on the fucking top, Dude, top it's of the amazing. list. That's that's and you know there's the most I don't know about Estonia but I know Italy had a pretty bad lockdown. Oh yeah. yeah so sure. I think I mean most of the, most of the world had a bad lockdown. So it, I think that's that's why I I just got lucky with the naming. <laughs> but the naming <laughs> the naming really fucking hits the nail on the head, man. Like if you it's, it's if trending you not, every week. <laughs> well, what's that? It's trending like nearly every week. Once yeah, a week ex at least. <laughs> exactly. So. um you know, if you really did not enjoy the lockdowns, which I think most people didn't, even though most people don't talk about it, um, you know, my show is probably a good spot for you. So that it's just, I just got lucky with the timing, man. Or yeah. unlucky since the whole fucking world got locked down, whatever. Well, when you started, was it just like you just needed to vent? So you're just like, I'm going to vent to the world and 100%. listen. Yeah. 100%, dude. I, I started this show in May of 2020. Maybe even June. I don't know. But um, it was a couple months into lockdown. I had just taken like a month or two preparing. Like I had just basically as soon as the lockdowns were announced, I went out and I started buying all sorts of stuff I won't list. But, you know, things to be sheltered by uh, or protected by. And then once I had done everything I could, I was like, I still want to do more. You know, I just want to reach as many people as possible. And if, if not even reaching people, I just want to 
use it as a catharsis to like get this stuff off my chest because I was really fucked up from the the first couple months of lockdowns because those were really harsh. I, I'm in San Diego, California. It was brutal, and I was just trying to stay sane. And uh, my my internet ramblings caught some ears, and here we are. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? And I've, I know about it was in California. Like, I mean, like people always say to me, like, oh, you're in the UK. Like, Americans be like, you're in the UK. It's such a cut country. And I'm like, if you're from fucking California or New York or someplace like that, you can get the fuck out of here. But like, I know where I'd rather fucking be. We had more freedom in the UK. Uh, I bet you did. I bet you did. What did you guys have, uh, you know, restaurants closed, like carry out only, all that stuff? Um, Yeah, we did go through that. The summer, especially uh, right up until October, the the government was such fucking idiots. I'm like, idiots in the sense of they cannot keep their fucking lies straight. They they know full well what they're doing. Um, I'll stick a clip on in a bit um, of Matt Hancock. Um, one of the people in uh, Boris Johnson's cabinet had a Freudian slip today and it was absolutely hilarious. I'll stick that clip on in a bit, but they cannot keep up with their own bullshit. So, like, they were, like, they brought in this um, help out to eat, eat out scheme, it was called, where they were paying people, they were giving people vouchers to get half off to go out and eat at restaurants. If you go out and eat at restaurants, you get the half price. So I was working, I did some temporary work at Five Guys because I was, desperate for work at the time no hotels open or anything um so i worked at five guys for a while and it was fucking heaving with that um eat out to like help help out to eat out eat out to help out that's what it's called to help the economy because the economy is fucking tanking um well, and you people guys... packing into these places and that's like so yes first you're saying super spreader now you're saying fucking oh come into the restaurant we'll fucking help you eat everyone pack in when did that change when did that happen um that was throughout the summer um when you know when colds don't spread because let's face it it's just a fucking glorified cold right um and then as soon as the cases started rising because oh it's cold and flu season um and a tougher lockdown came in uh um but restaurants remained open with eating out to my knowledge i lost my job at five guys just before that because fuck fast food industry man i'm not working that ever again no it's brutal that was my first job i worked at wendy's in san diego so i i know it well and i was getting i think 475 an hour can you imagine working a, sh- a job that bad for less than five bucks an hour <laughs> oh, <laughs> but i was you know, getting a good wage uh, I, i'll say that for five guys you, you guys pay a good wage you do a nice fucking burger other than that <laughs> <laughs> other than that's fucking horrible to work for but so what well, are you guys are you guys fully open now or what's up um we're getting there like the the way it's working at the minute like i'm not keeping up the news too much because it's um after the whole oh we're gonna go to nuclear war of iran shit and that didn't happen i made a I, I vowed to myself never to follow the news closely ever again in my life um so from what i understand they're saying june 21st i think but they're like there's people in government outside of governments, special interest groups, the special interest for lockdowns being the fucking people like the Communist Party of Great Britain, tiny little party which seems to have a lot of influence on this shit, who just want to see a collapse or just I don't know what their game is. No, I think, I think I think you nailed it. If if it collapses and they can say, look, capitalism failed, even though yeah. this is fucking 
tyrannical communism is what we're actually <laughs> experiencing. But then they get to point at it and say, capitalism has failed. So now we get to try our sick, sadistic ideas, which we've actually been trying for the past hundred years. Yeah, um, and that's, that's exactly what's going on. Like, we've got this thing called SAGE, which are like, um, they're technically not government, but they work closely with the government to um, advise them on this shit. They're, they're, they've been slated by the Telegraph recently for, um, basically, they, they exa for exaggerating the lockdowns, what was going to happen for putting a lot of political pressure on politicians to support the lockdowns, for putting pressure on their own staff members who were going to speak out against it and say, we don't support the lockdowns. They threatened them with being sacked. And I remember reading an article a few months ago, and it's a sage, someone who's a member of Sage, I can't remember her name. And I looked her up on Google because I was like, who is this person saying, oh, we need tougher lockdowns? Oh, you're a psychologist. So what the fuck do you know about Think like about viruses spreading for one and two. Oh, you're a member of the Communist Party of Great Britain, which is a tiny fucking party. It's it's minuscule. It's it's not even much bigger than the fucking weak Libertarian Party UK. <laughs> and yet they have this much influence. And and this is the thing. This is this is this is the thing with like communists and such. They know how to get things done. They know how to get in places, how to uh, play the game. Yep. And that's why there's such a tiny party is having so much influence. They also were heavily boosted in their influence by Jeremy Corbyn, um, who worked closely with some of them, even brought some of them into the Labour Party when he was leader. Right. Um, so, you know, it's just like fucking... I, I, it doesn't look like it's going to end here. Um, I've been telling people, no, they'll, they'll end for the summer like they did last year. It'll open up for the summer because cold viruses don't spread. And it's going to go one or two ways. They're going to lock down again and blame the unvaccinated. Or they're just going to use this Indian variant as an excuse to pre put peer pressure on people to get vaccinated. That's um, It's already happening. They're just like, oh, we, vac vaccinations fight against the Indian um, variant of COVID. They're already saying it. Well, it's either, it's either going to be that or they're going to run it back based off of climate change. Um, because there's been such a decrease in emissions once we sh shut down the entire fucking global economy. Uh, I, what I find most disturbing about this is that, like in California, our lockdowns are ending June 15th. And in the UK, it's June 22nd. I'm sorry, but that doesn't make any fucking sense that you have all of this happening in unison, you know, that you have all this timing. Despite case numbers, despite death figures, it's just like, this is a technocratic top-down management of the global economy and our culture almost. It's it's really horrifying. And I don't know how people look at this and they just go like, oh, well, yeah, of course, you, you had Texas and you had Florida and all these places that reopened and there's, there's no uptick in cases. In fact, some of them have record low cases. And yet California and the UK and uh, these other tyrannical fucking hellholes are allowing you to have your freedom back. At the same time, 45 days from now, despite any sort of evidence of you know what cases are doing or death figures or anything like that it's just uh it's so partisan yeah. and disgusting um this for me like i've, I've never been one for like I, I have been when i was like 16 i went into that fucking super conspiracy theory mode that like you do when you get that first red pill and it blows your fucking mind up <laughs> right. um but never been one to really get, go heavy into conspiracies um at least not the ones that are so easy to find that you know if, if sure. it was true it wouldn't be fucking out out there that's for sure right um 
but this year I've just been like racking my brains as a society. Are we preparing for war? That's what I first thought. I thought are we preparing for war with China? And this is just so it's like I, I, I did wonder for a while is, is that what's going on here? Are we, are we um, preparing for war? No. Oh, is this a plan to ruin China? No, I don't think so. I think it is a way of just ushering in some kind of like universal basic income or something like that. It, it, it's, you know, the whole, um, the great reset. reset. Yeah. yeah. There's something to do with that. It's gotta be. And, and because like you said, the, the dates being so close, like I've noticed this thing for years between this special relationship between Britain and the U S right. Where either Britain is a 51st state, like a quasi 51st state, or I don't know. Maybe the, the royals have more power over over the the US than people think. Or I, I don't know, man. They, I don't know. They all work in tandem. It's like some people think that we do Israel's bidding. I, I think that there's a fair argument to be made that that's correct. But then it's also kind of the inverse as well. Like they they serve as the bad guy in the Middle East, and they draw all of the ire, even though we are largely responsible for toppling. The leaders of the adjacent countries so it's i don't know it's a it's a tough one to like actually nail down who is really running this shit i don't know yeah it's like uh some people say it's just a cog and the wheels are turning and nobody's really running it so much as they are just doing as they <clears throat> want to do but I, I don't even know how true that would be like well, for example, I, I used to i used to believe that until the lockdowns came and then i was like okay there's no way this is accidental there's no way you don't have a a global first-time event where everyone locks down. This is it's just an, an impossibility that this happened naturally. I really don't believe it. And yeah. and a lot of people try and say, no, 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 it's just like it was just follow the leader and it's groupthink and it's herd mentality. I'm sorry. There would have been more leaders, more countries that said, this is madness. We're not going to do this. We can't, we can't shut that. Like, if you're a country that doesn't have control of the printing presses – so that you can't just paper over this fucking hole that you're building into the economy, you would say no to this. Because most <laughs> countries don't have that. Most countries don't have the reserve currency of the world. They have you know, currencies that float uh, adjacent to the dollar, but they... Yeah, look at Taiwan. Taiwan, no lockdown. They, they weren't doing it. They, they closed borders. Right. Um, which, you know... It's is... pretty, pretty extreme, but still, I mean, it's yeah. better than lockdowns. Yeah, and there's still there's still people pushing for lockdowns there now. They're in a political battle now, where some people are pushing for lockdowns, some people are like, and the Taiwan Taiwan loves liberty uh, in their own way. It's a very Asian liberty, but it um, it's probably the most free country I've ever been to in Asia. Wow. Um, and they they just do things automatically. They wear masks anyway. They they don't go they, like if they go to work if they have a cold, and then they'll make sure they wear a mask. They'll make sure they don't be around old people like they're very thoughtful people already which is always something i'm saying like um there's, there's something wrong with our culture something fundamentally wrong with our culture uh where they have picked away at liberty for the past few hundred years because when i look at when, when we think about what we learn from history me and you what do we learn from history that's me and you what have governments learned from history in the past 200 300 years They've learned the that they've learned the inverse. Yeah, they've been like, okay, we need to make sure revolutions don't pop up. So let's, uh, you know, uh, 
throw a fucking brick at communities basically and break them up. Well, and, um, and not just that, but let's also spy on them, make sure that they can't have any communication that we don't have our ears on or our eyes on. I mean, it's it's brilliant in its own in its own way if it weren't so sinister, but it's true. It's very challenging to start a revolution in a country that has Orwellian level dystopic spying apparatuses. So, yeah, like the pub. How many revolutions started with people having a fucking pint of beer and right. just saying, "Oh, fuck this government." Yeah, fuck this government. Yeah, let's 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 fucking do something about it. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, it's drunken talk, and then suddenly it's like. Right now, we're going to meet in the basement of this fucking place. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> um, true, man. I mean, that's that's yeah. why the, it was. I I think the lockdowns were so sinister is because they literally kept us from drinking and being around each other, talking about how fucked up the government was, and <laughs> and that's pretty smart. I mean, it's it's amazing that the people accepted it, though. That's what that's what really blows my mind, and the fact that we have internet access, and even though they have pretty strict censorship on the internet, you could still. I mean, you've seen me talking. I know you do yeah. the same. So it's like we've been talking crazy shit online and we still can't um we still can't seem to like take it into the real world. Like and and it's not even that I want a violent revolution. I wouldn't mind, but I would like <laughs> I would like for us to at hey, least Minecraft. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I would just I would just like us to be on the streets like declaring loudly this is unacceptable. And if you yeah. do not relent, if you do not relinquish our freedoms, there will be violence and there will be blood because that's the American way. You know, I mean, th I'm, I'm only speaking for my country. I, I don't know if you guys, do you guys um, have that spirit there that where you're, yeah, like, it's you're like, we have to overthrow this shit at some point. Not that overthrow it, but people have like, Britain's not as cooked as people think. They're just, the people have this fucking stupid mentality. Let's keep calm and carry on. It's like, no, you don't keep calm and carry on. No, keep calm. But fuck this shit. And Get pissed and throw a fist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what they do in the pub. Why can't they fucking do it to the government? If the, if the government was in the pub, behaving the fucking way they behave, like they came in the pub and like, hey, see that beer? It's too cheap. You're going to put it, you're going to charge this fucking price and you're, I'm going to take a cut. You'd fucking knock them out and throw them out the fucking pub. <laughs> right? Give, give them a smack at least. Jesus. <laughs> so it's like Britain have that attitude. Um, uh, but it's been shipped away up for so many years. Like, for example, in I think in like 2004, 2005, they tried to bring mandatory ID into Britain, and people said, Fuck off, no, we are not having mandatory ID. And every other country in the world I've been to, bar Taiwan, um, has like mandatory ID you need it with you at all times. Mm. Um, but Britain was just like, No, we ain't, we're not having that, and they had to roll it back. Um, now it's through your phone and shit where they're going to ID you, basically. And I think this is this whole lockdown shit has gave them um, a green light to just do all the fucking tyrannical shit they've wanted to do for years, like ID, but really extreme ID for the fucking form of Vax passports. Right. Um, you know, now they know everywhere you're fucking going because of track and trace. By the way, if you say track and trace in a tweet on Twitter, um, there's this UK like auto tweeting thing. That comes up it automatically retweets you for saying track and trace and if you go on there actually it's full of people who fucking hate the lockdown and people using it for messaging it's brilliant it's a good right. way to network yeah um, like thank you thanks government you did something right for fucking once you helped us network <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it's britain has a boiling point like you got 
thousands of people out on the streets of a week. But the problem is people have a two-second memory these days. More people were outraged about the fucking Premier League football teams who were going to like band together and make a Euro Super League. There was more yeah. outrage about that than there was about any of the fucking shit that happened this past year. And I'm not dragging on sports fans. I've been a sports fan. I know how it is. But shit, you haven't been able to go to a fucking game all year. I, I like, are you? It's fucked up your season. But still, the problem is when, the, you know, like they, they want the government to help when they want to form a European Super League. Right. Uh, I had this argument with a friend actually. I was just like, he was like, the government needs to step in. I was like, no, they don't. I said, the fans ain't going to let that shit happen. The market will fix it. Don't worry. And it happened. It didn't happen. Like, it never happened. The market fixed it. That's um, but again, there's just more outrage about that. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Well, that, that's... How, how do you get through to people like this? I, I think I think we have to find some way to use that that spirit, you know, use that like that team spirit, that camaraderie. I mean, that's the that's the unfortunate part because I'm not a nationalist and I don't have like nationalist leanings per se, but there is something powerful about it when when it makes it our team versus theirs. You can actually get people to band together and go do something. And this is a perfect example. I think that most people don't consider them well, maybe I I'll ask you. Do most people consider themselves like proud Britons or whatever you guys call each other? Uh, in my area, yeah. It's something that a lot of people are ashamed of. But I see a lot of that, yeah. Okay. And those are the people who hate the fucking lockdowns as well. Well, this, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So there, there's something to be said for this diminishment of national pride that, that allows the government to just kind of run roughshod over you. So, like, there are people that are, you know, fans of Tottenham or whatever. That yeah. are like that are willing to correctly well done. <laughs> <I like laughs> that, are, that. <laughs> that are willing that are willing to riot because they're talking about a super league, but you could be locked in your fucking house for a year and people are like, Well, you know, what are we gonna yeah. do? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, at least the football's on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, dude, that that was probably the worst part. When all of the sports got locked down in, in the States, I was like, yeah. this is savage. I'm locked in my house and I have no entertainment on TV. It was like a 60-day period where there was nothing. And and that's when that's when the George Floyd riots were at their peak. And I was like, people, no one drew the corollary, but I was like, this is because there's no sports. It was socializing, yeah. It was just yeah. people needed to fucking go out and socialize. And that's what those were. And people yeah. had been told that if you were to protest against the lockdowns, you were a racist. But if you protested against George Floyd shit, you were a hero. So yeah. all these people that are out of work losing their minds because they're trapped in their tiny fucking apartments that they can't afford anymore. Um, what are they going to do? So they hit the streets. And and I think it, again, I think that that was manipulated. I think that that was intentional. They, they, they picked what you were allowed to protest for. And what were you allowed to protest for? You were allowed to protest against, you know, racism. Yeah, not they against, literally fucking said it. <laughs> yeah, but not, not against the lockdowns. That yeah. was the key. Brilliant. It, uh, yeah, I remember that. I remember having an argument with uh, with an old friend. Wouldn't say we're friends anymore since I left Facebook. Um, but I was. He was just like, he was arguing that. Oh, because he said, "Oh, the people are spreading coronavirus going to the beach." I'm like, "How? It's Nonsense. outdoor. The fucking." I, I went to the beach a lot last year because it's the only fucking thing that was open, and it was like everyone was so distant as always on the beach. And then you had him saying, oh, that's spreading coronavirus. But then he's like, he's supporting the fucking protests that were over here, which luckily didn't turn into riots, um, really. And I was just like, how, how, 
warped is your mind to say the beach is white people spreading coronavirus, which is what you said. I saw a lot of black people on the beach when I was there. Um, but the riots um, are not. It's just it, absolute insanity. Yeah. And there's something to be said as well there with what you said with when Occupy came about. That's when people were out of work. They couldn't afford to go to bars. They couldn't afford to go, you know, couldn't afford to do social shit. Like a lot of those people were out of work. They couldn't afford to do anything. I remember I went to Occupy um, in Liverpool, a city near to me. I'm not going to dox myself, but it's 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 not too far out the way. And I was at Occupy there, and that's basically what it was. Young people didn't work, couldn't find work. Um, and we're just venting, basically. That's all it was. Yeah. It. It. I think that's when when they roll out this UBI shit, which they inevit- inevitably will at some point. It's going to be nearly impossible to start a fucking revolution against the state. Well, that's exactly the plan. And and Pequeno has pointed that out uh, when he was on my show a couple of days ago. It's like this. We we keep saying they're going to roll out UBI. They did. This is UBI. Like everyone is getting paid to stay home. It's not called UBI. It's just called unemployment insurance or furlough or whatever you guys call it. It's like, but that's what it is. We are getting paid to not produce. And I think that the the real truth of the matter is though that economic rules still apply. And if you are just flooding the system with you know electronic digits that are meaningless, but production is trash because so many people are not producing any goods, you're mm-hmm. going to see inflation. And when you see inflation. I don't give a fuck what your UBI is. You're going to see people on the streets. So um, that's that's my prognosis: is that we're going to see really severe inflation, and then and then even with UBI, we will we will hit the streets. Yeah, because it's only going to alleviate things for so long before exactly. prices go up too much, and your UBI is basically worth nothing. Yeah, you could fill uh, your tank of gas with your entire UBI check. Like, congrats. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, it's like uh, Anthony Samarov's got a great book on uh, on where he lays out the case for and against great book um and with that like I, I think that's the key as well like we we're talking earlier just to back away from the lockdowns a bit sure um i could vent forever on it and we'll end up running all the time fucking venting but basically i, I, I do it often so yeah, it's it's hard not to because there's not many people i can we can talk to who are like who share the same feelings to this extent we don't have that many people around us for that. Yeah. Well, I was in work. There's more, there's more, there's more around me than I, than I would have suspected. And I think that my show has allowed people to talk to me more honestly about it because <clears throat> I got some friends and family that started to listen. And then they were like, yeah, this shit is fucking awful. Like this yeah. is not at all what we believe in. This is un-American. This is against our principles, whatever yeah. framing they want it's, to put it's on it. It's literally killing people. Like, yes. I, I lost a friend last year, uh, 4th of July. Either a suicide or drug overdose. Uh, his his family is um, Taiwanese, so Chinese culture. They wouldn't say that says there's to them there's shame in the death. There's no shame in what he did. He was I, I knew he wasn't well, and it was the lockdown that was driving him fucking nuts. He couldn't. He, he was an Uber driver, so you know that's that's gone. Um, so, so my guess is he went back to ketamine. Right? That's my guess. He was he was a ketamine addict for a while. I guess my guess is he went back to it possibly. Accidentally or not, doesn't matter. Lockdown, um, it, it, the lockdown perpetuated his depression to the point of like taking a dose, 
taking a yeah. dose too much or or doing it intentionally. Either way, he's he's gone, and it's probably because of the situation that he was put in because yeah. of these lockdowns. And it's tragic, man. And that lit a fire under my ass where I like Good. that was it. Like that, like I'm not just gonna like complain about it. I got onto my local MP. I was like, I I <laughs> I use all the Tom Woods' stats. <laughs> mentioned the Great Barrington Declaration. I was like, you are going to lose your votes if you carry on supporting this, and you will go down in history as a tyrant. Right. There's no other way around it. You're going to you're going to go down in history as someone who supported tyranny. Uh, and he gave me the usual jargon of, oh, it's to protect the NHS, blah, blah fuck the NHS, please collapse. Um, <laughs> and it's like it. I got, I tried to gather people in locally to start like sending him a because the only language they speak is numbers votes. So I was like, um, Peter Hitchens, um, who's one of my favourite people who I disagree with a lot, but he's 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 absolutely brilliant on especially on lockdowns. He fucking called it straight away. He said this is tyranny, um, and this is not going to end well. This is going to be the end of liberty. He was just straight on it, and he said. Everybody email your local MP and tell them that um, to remember what happened to the Labour Party in Scotland, how they cannot win. They can barely win a seat because they screwed with people that much. Um, and that he, if he sees the amount of emails like this coming through, he would then cave and he will have to start fighting against the lockdowns. But I could not get enough people to stand against it even if they were against it they were just like they were just like no i'm not i'm not messaging the mp because he's built up this special relationship to, with the community and everything so people don't want to while well, screwing a fucking community it's it's a joke people are wild <laughs> yeah but yeah as, as i was saying yeah like and just to go touch briefly on it, a minute coming out of lockdown i'm seeing a lot i don't know if it's just like if british culture was always this way and because every because it's coming back around, I'm just starting to see it. Or if people have genuinely regressed that much socially in the past year, I'm seeing people fighting. Someone got stabbed the other week up the road, which you don't you just didn't see in daylight very often where I'm from. It's not London, um, and people shouting at each other. Uh, people just not knowing how. Like I don't know, there's, there's a guy punching an ATM. Like, you know, you might see it on in the city every day, like people drinking and punching the ATM when they get stressed. This guy, you don't see where I'm from very often. And even I was talking to a taxi driver the other day. If you ever want to know what, what's going on socially, like how the mood is with people, talk yeah. to a taxi driver because they speak to the public every day. Yeah. And the taxi driver's like, I'm not doing, he said, I'm not working this weekend because people drinking has become dangerous because they can't socialize. There's, there's, they're way more aggressive. Um, they are socially awkward or they're just very aggressive. Yeah. There's, there's, people have gone weird. Well, there's there's tremendous pent-up aggression. And I think that's the thing that, I mean, I warned about this in a, in a thread that went viral back in June, right when I started my show, actually, which is what like launched my show into having a, you know a modicum of success early on, was that I listed all of the knock-on effects from lockdowns that we were likely to see and in that i included suicide and just general decline of mental health and i was like people are going to be fucking 
nuts after this. Like we, I don't know about in the UK, I don't know about the rest of the world really, but in the US, we were already suffering in massive upticks in, you know, suicide, depression, anxiety. All oh, of really? That must be like a global trend. Yeah. In the last I, few years. Then, yeah. yeah. But I'm saying prior to the lockdowns. So yeah. I knew, I knew adding on to that already, you know, smoldering fire, the fuel of lockdowns was going to be really problematic. So it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, the, what, what do you expect? And not, and you also have, you know, young men who haven't been able to go out and try and fucking, you know, procreate like, yeah, that's not how societies function. And, uh, you know, regardless of how much we've tried to tamp down on masculinity and testosterone amongst the male population globally, it's a thing. It exists. Like mm. we are, we are put on this earth to find a mate and to reproduce. Like that's what we do. So sorry if you lock us in our house and you make that impossible for a year, and then you finally fucking relinquish. You let us have a little bit of freedom back. We go back to the pub. We get fucking hammered, and it's like, yeah, you're gonna see some dudes who, if they can't find a mate right away, are like, I'm gonna fight somebody. Yeah, it so, happens anyway. <laughs> so. It happens anyways, exactly. So yeah. now you put a year delay on that on that fuse. Yeah, but it blue only balls going out there, blue balls and fucking. <laughs> drinking yeah people people really they they like they think i'm i'm joking when i talk about this but i am dead serious like you you keep a man from fucking having any sort of interaction with a woman for a year and you expect him to not be a complete fucking nutbag at the end of it yeah. <laughs> she's look at look at what the vikings used to do when they got to england and raided because yeah, exactly. he couldn't fuck back home like the... exactly <laughs> it just becomes a fucking booze rape fest i mean that's the truth yeah. So, uh, and I'm not justifying it. I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's a very human thing. Like, so. yeah, this this is yeah, young men getting blue balls. They're gonna, yeah, they're gonna fucking thank thankful for porn, man. I've never been so oh. thankful for porn. Yeah, I know. Like, that, that's <laughs> probably uh, OnlyFans has saved more lives than anything over the past year. <laughs> yeah, and you know that brings up a good point as well. Like, oh, there's there's just there's so many ways it can go horrible. Um, and and the figures are going to come out over the next year. We already had a mental health crisis in England. Um, now that's just exacerbated to it's it's gone beyond the pale. And and the government I've noticed are not releasing any statistics on mental health. No, they don't want that out there. No way. So they've been too they've been too focused uh, blowing all of the studies about COVID to keep track of the mental health. <laughs> yeah, to the lives lost through through that. Um, so yeah, as I was gonna say, like I this was a few weeks ago now. Um Dave, Dave Smith's tweeting about um he he was in a bit of a spat with Vin Armani mm-hmm. on Twitter and he said how the whole culture being downstream from uh, politics being downstream from culture thing is is not true, which uh I disagree with him on to a point. Like it's true to an effect, like the culture has been extremely affected by the lockdowns. Of course. Um, like, no one shakes hands anymore. That's the the most human thing you need to do is have skin-to-skin contact, shake hands. It's it's a human thing you need to do. Fuck this elbow shit, man. I'm sick or, of it. Or hugs or, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Once all this lockdown's over, someone comes to me with the elbow, I'm just going to fucking... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like... And while that's true... The problem here is that it is downstream from culture because we don't have a culture that respects liberty, that that holds that as a value anymore. Exactly. Like true liberty. They think liberty 
now is um, getting safety. UBI or some shit. Yeah, safety. Oh, yeah. the safety net. That's our liberty. No, 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 no. The, the safety net is the strong communal bond you need. I agree. Uh, with, with everybody, with your family, with your community. Um, and this is why, like, to me, the most... I'm gonna, probably going to go on about this a lot in my podcast because I want to really hammer the message home. The most effective person for spreading the message of liberty in this past year is without a doubt Eric July. And the reason for that is because he knows how to uh, translate liberty into culture, into yep. real culture. Like right? Usually when I mention culture to, to libertarians, they'll be like, oh yeah, 3D printing, blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, no. Culture is in comic books, movies, uh, fiction, video games, Music. this kind of shit. Music is like exactly that's how he's so big in the first place is through his music. Yes. And then he's like a lot of people will say, "Oh, ignore the woke stuff." And it's like no. If there's a if there's a fire, if there's a building on fire, and the smoke's blowing, and everyone's looking at where the smoke's blowing, because the government's like, "Hey, look at this." Right. You don't see the fire. You don't see the fire. So you've got to go over to the smoke and say, "Yeah, this is bullshit." But this is where it's coming from. So you've got to get into that space. Exactly. you got to get, like, and well, he is why, in that space. That's why they we always say you have to strike the root. Like, people get caught up in the the day-to-day -day evidence of tyranny. But the root of the tyranny is a state that's too big. And, yeah. and I think that Eric July does a great job of highlighting that without it sounding preachy. It's just, like, he puts it into an emotion that you can feel. And... Mm. And I think that's the thing that libertarians lack terribly because they are largely overly autistic and they do not they do not embrace their emotion side. I've even had arguments with people that say we don't need emotional appeals. We don't need leaders. You know, we need, we need logic and facts and we will rationally, you know, explain away all of this nonsense that we're experiencing. You're wrong. That's not yeah. how, that's not how we wake people up. It's never been how the vast majority of people are woken up. Look at Tom Woods. Tom Woods has been doing you know graph after graph demonstrating that masks don't work. Has it changed the policies? Not really. It hasn't. But if you actually get people you know pissed in their soul, like when your fucking sports teams start to create a new league, you can actually see people get out on the street. And and Eric's just a, a fucking master especially with his music, in my opinion, of like taking real fiery fucking energy and funneling our philosophy into that. And it's beautiful. And I, I mean, as you could tell from the intro to my show, I am also inspired by music. And, and it's funny because to me, early on, when libertarianism was basically not a thing, much of my, my appeal culturally was to black culture because they were the ones that opposed the state through art, you know? NWA with Fuck the Police and things like that were some of the first songs I heard that like that channeled my energy. Rage Against the Machine, even though they're now fucking this corporate nightmarish, you know, progressive yeah. <laughs> idiot. Oh, <laughs> but, I'm, shit. but I'm saying early on, their music was very much like the government is a danger. And, this, and we are highlighting that through <laughs> screaming, beautiful emotion. And I think that that's we need a hell of a lot more of that in the libertarian scene. So I, um, I agree with you. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. There's so much that you said that each point is something to to add on. So I'm gonna try because <laughs> you you hit you, you, honestly, you were absolutely 
hit the nail on the head there. Through rap music, um, yeah, I, I loved rap when I was a teenager. I cringe at it mostly now because it's one of those things where I loved it too much as a teenager. It's like, oh man, I don't want to be like that. that <laughs> I don't want to be that wigger again. No, no. <laughs> I just embrace it. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, maybe I should start to embrace it. But I, I was, I wasn't just. Everyone was listening to Fifty Cent at school, and I'm there listening to NWA because I like the fucking anti-government message. And I've always been an anarchist at heart. Yeah, always been an anarchist at heart. Um, it's, it starts with my dad, and this is where I say to people: if you, because I know a lot of people say homeschool your kids, send them to private school. Not an option for everybody. Of course, uh, for a working class libertarian, you can't do that. So I say, just mock the authority of the school, like my dad used to do with me. He would. He would just take the piss out of the teachers. He'd be like, the teacher would do something that pissed me off, and he'd be like, ah, who? Ferret face. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. She, she doesn't know what she's talking about, fucking ferret face. Or, <laughs> oh, oh, that teacher, yeah, she looks like a pig. <laughs> <laughs> that mockery of the, of the authority of yep. the state, in, which is the school, like for the authority of children. Yeah. Uh, the, the state authority for children. Um, already put in my head, like, fuck the school, fuck the school system, um, just get through it. And through that, like through rap music, I like listening to Tupac, listening Ice to Cube NWA, yep. Ice Cube, back when he was like, um, just yeah, yeah. when he came to politics, yeah, back when he, when he came to politics, <laughs> when he was just so fucking based and just like, fuck the government. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and just that kind of thing, yeah, I'd, I'd know exactly what you're talking about there. It, I'm you, it spoke it spoke to an entire generation of angsty teenagers that were like, I don't like what's going on in society. I don't I, I'm, I don't know enough yet to put my finger on it. But yeah. the energy of it is what what pre, you know what speaks to people because like now I'm old enough I understand where these emotions come from. I don't like improper hierarchy. I don't like hierarchy that is done through coercion which is what we experience now. I am totally fine. I believe that co that hierarchy is a natural phenomenon amongst humanity. However, a corrupted hierarchy is extraordinarily not only dangerous, but it's also upsetting if you if you feel it as someone who is unrightfully put towards the bottom of a hierarchy. Yeah. And, and that's what I think we are seeing in the streets is that people are realizing without realizing it that we we exist under a broken hierarchical hierarchical system that is not based off of merit. And the funny thing is is that a lot of people even though they feel it now think that that they just need the state to be crafted in their image to to correct yeah. this broken hierarchy, which is completely counter to what we see, which is that you have to break the state to eliminate this fictitious yeah. hierarchy that doesn't make any sense. So one hundred percent, yeah. That's um, that's one thing. Like, I, like I, I, I love Russell Brand, one of my favorite Me people too. to listen to. Love him. But his views on the state <clears throat> is is where I get frustrated because he's like, oh, we just need to recraft the state into caring about um, equality, and uh, it's like Russell, you nearly had it at one point. There was a point in your life when you were like this close to anarchy, yep. and then for some reason, the Labour Party uh, leader. <laughs> comes in and speaks, invites you to his fucking house, to number 10, speaks to him, and suddenly you're out there endorsing the state. What do they have on you for one? So, well, that can or, you just have some balls? That, that or power is just appealing. And he got to see, he got to, you know, kind of suck at the at the nipple of the state for a minute. And he was like, he's like, oh, I don't know. Uh, I, I say the same thing about Joe Rogan and Tim Dillon. They are both right on the cusp of like, 
understanding what we're all about, but then they they circle back. And and I think the big the big thing that I've been trying to do, and the reason I reached out to Tim Dillon last night saying, You're so close to being a libertarian. If if you come on my show for an hour, I can convert you. And I and I believe this is that they think that libertarians support this corporate shit. And we and we don't. And and they need to understand that that like, yeah, okay, you may have some Cato Institute guys that run cover for these corporations that are basically fascistic enterprises. Real libertarians understand exactly what's happening. And we do not support these big, you know, tech uh, oligopolies that are fucking taking our freedoms away, even though they're doing it through private means. So it's a private business, bro. Like, no, no, it's not okay. We are we are looking to topple all of this bullshit tyranny and hierarchy. So um, I think that's the the biggest shift that I've made in the past year. And and in truth, it's it is a genuine shift. I didn't I didn't identify how close we were to a fascistic takeover um, until you know Biden basically took control. But man, now we're way far down the path. So like, who, who does know, right? Who knows? Like when when like if you were in uh, Russia before the Soviet Union, right? You wouldn't expect it. That's one one minute. I don't know. Is this guy Lenin talking? The next minute, shit fascism <laughs> or, you know like hitler or someone like one minute this guy's just like screaming and shouting to a crowd next minute shit we're invading poland now what exactly well this, this is why this is why i loved the libertarian party of kentucky's willingness to go there is that we need to highlight the path that we're on none of us none of us are saying that we are nazi germany or that we are even inevitably going to be them however the trend line is in that direction. And if we don't yeah. highlight it and say that this has to stop now, if it gets worse than it is now, we will end up with fucking gulags and mass murder campaigns and a huge percentage of the population that will advocate alongside the state to do that. And you've seen it already. There are plenty of people in this country that would love for people like you and I to be put in prison for the rest of our lives because we didn't like the lockdowns. Those people are super fucking dangerous. And yeah. I'll, I'll be damned if I'm not going to point it out before I end up in a fucking gulag. Exactly, right? And it's there's an optics problem here as well. Like, people think history's further back than it is. Um, mainly because, like, for example, World War II is no longer... Well, it's it's fading out of living memory. Right. Um, Even World though it was only 80 um, years ago. There was people alive yeah. for it, you know? People think, oh, that's, that's not going to happen again. You hear that all the time. Oh, we won't go into another World War. It's like, they said that before the Second World War, they said there won't be another World War. Right. Before World War One, they said there won't be another Great War. There won't be another big European war ever again. Do you I think it was Einstein don't... who said that there can't be World War Three because it would be fought with uh, you know rocks and sticks. So yeah, exactly. And now they say, oh, uh, World War Four will be fought with rocks and sticks. Oh, like, no, how, yeah, how, yeah. how long are you going? Oh, you hear that as well, though. Like you, people would have said effectively the same thing as you just said right then um but it's like there's an optics problem where like you can find on youtube an interview with a victorian woman in the 1970s who lived through two 60s she lived through the 1860s she lived through the 1960s wow that's she was on tv when she was born after shortly after the or maybe even during the american civil war there was a guy on live TV who witnessed President Lincoln being assassinated. So That's history is not that far back. 
Um, and it's like Thaddeus Russell said to you, didn't he? He said, oh, to a historian, history's um, two minutes ago. Right. <laughs> right. So if you look at it through, those, through that lens, it's like, yeah, the fascistic state of Nazi Germany was like a minute ago, and it can definitely happen again. Something Fucking to that effect. Of course it can happen again. And I mean, we, we talk about the United States as if it's been this like, this beacon of freedom for fucking as long as anyone could remember in the, in the scope of human history, freedom on this planet is a rarity. It is a precious rarity. It's almost an, it's almost the anomaly in, in all of human history. It's, it's always been barbarian hordes taking over the weaker, you know, yeah. Uh, like that. Genghis Khan and it's taken over the middle East, which yeah. is all tense and shit. <laughs> yeah. Or the, or the med medieval times, like all, all of it. I mean, it's, it's like, this is what, humanity normally is so the fact that we've had this period it's it's weird to say that we've had this period of peace because we've had unbelievable military conflict over the past hundred years but we have also had in certain pockets uh, where the do dominant military force people actually resided we've had this opportunity to to grow unbelievable economies because it's been peaceful there it's been yeah. a fucking shit show everywhere else but it's been peaceful there so i think we are we are headed back towards um, a more consistent conflict amongst what was considered the peaceful areas over the past couple hundred years, and that's yeah. what I'm concerned about. It's a shift, yeah. Like Thomas Sowell says, places shift um, yeah. through, like, you know, what was once weak could soon one day become strong. Right. What was once strong will become weak, you know, and what was once peaceful will become full of conflict. Right. Um, and we... You know, like you said, there's a, like there's a scarcity of fucking liberty, basically. Um, name name one country where you just rather be, where you can say I would be as free as I can be, as I, as I want to be, or close if I, to. If I knew it, I'd be there. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It's like, to me, it's always been like the closest I ever got, again, was Taiwan. The closest I ever got to liberty. And it, that, that, they have their problems. Their government's fucking shitty at times. But at least they have economic freedom, and at least you know I can go on pirate bay without having to go for a fucking proxy there and <laughs> shit like that, right? So it's just like you, yeah. These days you have to just kind of work out what is the priority and what you want freedom on, and then match that up with other countries because there's going to be trade-offs. So yeah, okay, you can go to um, to one country where maybe you can own a, you can have guns. Like to me, I'm just like constantly trying to get my girlfriend to consider moving to Florida or somewhere one day because I'm like, well, like the most important thing to me is the castle um, doctrine of, yeah. you know, the right to defend my home, my family, my property is paramount, even more paramount to me than, than freedom of speech in some ways. Like I'll, yeah. I will even trade that off as long as I can defend my shit. Yep. Um, and you, that's you, my friend, understand liberty. Yeah. I'm telling you, because like a lot of people think, oh no, 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 speech is the most important thing. Motherfucker, the only thing that keeps your speech rights is guns. That is what that is what actually allows you to talk. Now, it doesn't mean that it allows you to live, like you may die to defend your right to talk, but at least you have that option. If you don't have a gun, fucking forget about it, man. It's just a piece of paper that says that you're allowed to talk. Like <laughs> They can yeah. take that away whenever they want. We just saw they could take away whatever the fuck they want yeah. if you don't. They come and take cut your fucking tongue out because you don't have a yeah. gun. There you go. <laughs> exactly.
that's that's a good analogy I could make there. I might tweet that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that to me is we don't have that in England. I I heard a story of um there was a guy like I know one guy um through another guy who got away with having to kill someone who broke into his home and tried to hurt him. And he blew his head off with a shotgun at point blank range because, Ooh. and that was only when the guy was right here in front of him. Was that legal to do that? Right. Any fucking any if he wasn't lunging towards him with a knife or whatever, there's no way you can get away with the blasting the shotgun off. And you know, I've heard stories of of shit. Some fucking burglar fell through someone's window, fell on some oh, knives. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I've heard that. And too. The, and the property owner gets sued. Are you fucking right. kidding? And I'm like, to me, I'm like. I can't stay in a country that that doesn't value property. That's all it is. It doesn't fucking value your property. Your property is not your own. This is why the trend line in, in the States are so concerning is because we were the one nation that seemed to really value property rights. And now you have, and this goes back to the, you know, politics being downstream from culture. The culture is now saying that property is immoral and unethical and it's, it's uh unrightfully owned yeah you will own nothing and you will be happy yeah well not just that but there's also the the slavery side where people say that you know you owe you owe reparations and basically white people that own any property are just the benefactors of a tyrannical system from hundreds of years ago and blah 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 so it's it's just a very dangerous trend line because as soon as you get away from property rights slavery is right around the corner i mean that's the truth because if you don't own yourself anyone can own you and, right. and that's that's where we're headed, and that's why I'm fighting so hard while I still have the limited freedoms I do to try and wake up as many people as fucking possible and to get us to combine in whatever states have governors that will respect those demands. Yeah. And they are demands. They are not wishes. I want to be very clear on that. I am demanding that you treat me as a free person because I am one, and that's all <laughs> there is to it. And I need... I need millions of people that feel the same way to be my neighbors, all saying the same fucking crazy shit and yeah. meaning it. Otherwise, liberty's gone in my lifetime. Like that's a fact. That's it. Be free. Just, just yep. live free. Even yep. if you're not free, just fucking live like you're free. Exactly. Fake and it till you make it, brother. <laughs> fake it till you make it. Yeah. Do that on mass, and we'll be fucking headed in the right direction. I, I think so. Um, it. So to. to move the topic on as i was saying before with um culture and everything um what the way i discovered uh libertarianism was through uh first of all i, I always thought libertarians like you said earlier just corporate chills basically like they just want tyranny for corporations blah 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 that was my idea right um i became disenfranchised with, with um because I was, I was always a bit of an anarchist, and I tried to be blue-pilled, whereas most people try and be anarchists when they're blue-pilled. Me, is the opposite. It's like, I'm going to try and be blue-pilled. Let's try and justify this shit. Um, <laughs> and it didn't work for me. I couldn't keep that up. But I, I, I know a bullshitter when I see one. Right. Um, so for me with that, Jeremy Corbyn pops along, fucking lights a fire under everyone. Oh, I'm going to bring down the system. We're going to, most importantly, we're going to leave NATO. We're going to stop giving money to Israel. We're going to, um, you know, rework the system. Everyone's going to be equal and free, blah, 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 all the fucking typical pre-socialist shit. And 
that to me lit a fire under me for a while, but I became more and more disenfranchised the more I was exposed to his hypocrisy. Um, for example, one of the first ones being there was this, I'm sure you may have heard the story for the NHS, a, uh, about the NHS, a young boy named Alfie Evans, two years old, has some kind of um, problem where he's in a vegetative state. Bear in mind, there's people who survived these vegetative states. They've been there for 10 years in this vegetative state and then they've woke up and had some kind of a life. The, the government was... They were going to pull the plug or something, right? Yeah, they were going to pull the plug and no politician was saying anything. It's their policy to begin with. Yeah. Um, Wasn't there like a save Alfie hashtag or something like that? Yeah, yeah. And it was huge and it did nothing. No protests, nothing did anything to save wow. that young lad. The Italy said, uh, well, the Pope reached out and said, we'll take care of him. We'll, we'll pay for his health care. You just need to get him over here. And the state said, no, nope, you're not moving him. It would be too painful for him or something like that. It's like, a fucking coma. What the <laughs> yeah. Fuck? And to me, that was just like, I was in arguments with friends who were socialists who were siding with the state. And I'm like, can you really cannot see the tyranny here? Like, I'm not saying children are property, but they, you have more rights to your child than the fucking state should and to okay. their life. Yeah. Um, and I was like, this, this is just wrong. This is, and from there, I just started to see it like, shit, my, my kid isn't my own. Yep. The, the school want to um, influence him. The, the, the constantly trying to pry into your lives and shit, get them to give up their privacy. They're trying to condition kids these days to give up privacy very easily. Something I've noticed. And I think they've already done it. Yeah. That's one, one of the homework they came up with was measure everybody in your household with books. You use a book and measure everybody in your household's height. And I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. They're just trying to influence these kids to fucking give that information up and think, oh, it's normal to give this information up to anybody. Well, like, I, yeah. I just meant in terms of, of social media and stuff, how you click all these, like, do you accept our terms and services? It's just constantly yeah. giving away your freedom and your your your, your privacy rights. Yeah, I'm, we're guilty of that as well because we use fucking oh, Google and shit. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But I, I'm yeah. saying it's, it's not just the kids. It's also basically the entire planet that has technology. We've all essentially yeah. accepted uh, a spying apparatus that is really deeply Orwellian. Yeah, that's the trade-off with the internet is huge. All this information, giving up your information as well. Exactly. It's fucking huge. Um, These products are not fucking free. <laughs> exactly. So... Yeah, with that Alfie Evans situation with the fucking... That then Hong Kong came along and Jeremy Corbyn said nothing about Hong Kong. He would speak for Palestine. He would speak for um, Venezuela or somewhere like that and claim they're being oppressed, which there's an argument to be made that America is... Um, a good argument to be made that America's heavily involved in that. Of course. So is China as well. It's a, almost almost a proxy war going on there, very close to one. Um, and I was just like... This guy's picking and choosing when to defend liberty, like when to defend people's rights. Uh, he said nothing on Alfie Evans. I was like, and that skepticism, that renewed skepticism of the state I got was just like, yeah, there's there's no way minarchy or anything like that's gonna gonna work. These guys are fucking like so, but it wasn't the pin to libertarian to me because I didn't know about it. I read a book, um, a Star Wars series, the Darth Bane trilogy. Which introduces the concept of in, introduced the concept of individualism to me, 
mm. through fiction, through Star Wars, I was introduced to individualism. And even though Darth Bane was fucking evil, I love it. His thinking behind it, um, sometimes he was right. I was just like, I, I can see where this guy's fucking coming from <laughs> on the individuality part. I was like, this is a new concept to me, the whole thing. And then I played a game called City State. Uh, and I've spoken to the one developer who made that game, a game made by one developer. You run a city state and you choose the policies and you get to choose advisors. You can have Keynesian or you can have Austrian. I chose Austrian. And when I'm going to choose policies, the Austrian advisors coming up, like, for example, oh, should we have green energy? And the Austrian advisors like, this is going to hurt the poor. <laughs> and I'm like, what? How? So I try it out and I'm like, fucking hell, he's right, it's hurting the poor. <laughs> and then oh, sh shall we um you know, shall we have a, a state owned bank? And the Austrian advisors coming up and like um having a state owned bank is going to um you know create inflation. <laughs> create, yeah, create inflation is and I was like Shit, he's fucking right. The fucking currency's inflated. Uh, people, people are fucking leaving. That's um, should we have state-owned taxi companies? They're like, again, this is going to hurt the poor. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so I'm like, these Austrians are onto something. I need to, I need to look up this Austrian school, find out what's going on. That's it. Milton Friedman. Then I found out Milton Friedman called himself a libertarian. So I'm looking into him, and I'm like, what's this libertarian shit? They're like. And then there's an article written by someone. I would love to know who wrote this article because I would like to thank this person who said they became a libertarian um, and they feel guilty almost for becoming more and more libertarian because they're listening to people like Tom Woods mm. and who people who they've heard are Nazis and things like this. And then I'm like, oh, who's this Tom Woods guy? Look it up. Tom Woods done that speech, the libertarian speech I'll give to the whole world. And he fucking sold it to me there. And then I'm like, I don't know enough, but I know this sounds like the most rational, reasonable fucking argument I've ever heard. Yep. And and whether or not you understand why he's right, you can feel it. And that's that's what I always say to people is like, I I know that there's people that listen to me that don't agree with me, but they they feel the truth when they're being lied to everywhere else. And I think that's why my show is taken off is because they they can feel my sincerity and that I'm not bullshitting in any way at all. And and I think that's what we need more of is just like really hard truths told in a fucking fiery, passionate way. I think that's why Dave Smith inspired me to get involved with this podcasting game. I was like, I was listening to him for five years and it was just, it just spoke to my soul, man. I was like, this is, this is Ron Paul 2.0. Like I, cause I had been, uh, you know, around for the Ron Paul revolution and it was the most hopeful, uplifting period of my life to hear end the fed chanted across college campuses you know nationwide was just something i never thought i could see in my life and and he did it in a way that inspired people and i think that's what we lack is we lack that inspiration and we lack yeah. it with joe jorgensen we lacked it with you know basically every other libertarian candidate over my lifetime but um dave's got it and i i think that that's really really hopeful and a lot of people say the difference was the run poll run through the gop yeah um and I, I understand that argument, and I've thought about that in the past. The thing is, it's already been done. They ain't going to let that shit happen ever again. They, yeah. No libertarian is going to run through the fucking GOP and get anywhere near as much in as Ron Paul did. No. They, they don't make the same mistake twice, the state 
at least yeah. on things like this. They don't want economics all the time. But well, I think I think that's why this tactic makes sense, and because they they believe that a third party stands no chance, so they're going to treat us as if we're not a threat, and that's yeah. perfect. That's perfect because we need um, we need to let them think that we aren't a threat to demonstrate how much of a fucking threat we are. <laughs> exactly, and to go back to Eric July again, and this is. Um, one point I'm always trying to make. Uh, Dave Smith watches this and hears me. Uh, that would be great because um, he's paid a route that no libertarian is really seeing. Uh, or even if we do see it, we're not taking this route that he's he, he's paved the road. He's paved a whole ass road, <laughs> <laughs> and it's into this community of uh, they, they call themselves the Fandom Menace. I'm sure you know the guys like Ethan Van Skyver. I don't. Uh, he's one. He's he's one. He's got a guy who used to work for DC, um, and to my knowledge, he got disenfranchised with the woke shit that's coming out of him, and he came after his job. Okay. Or he got pressurized in his job for being a conservative or something like this, and he built up. Uh, when he left, he ended up building up a kind of competitor to them in a way where he's like, "We're just going to privately fund our own comics. We're just going to crowdfund it." Awesome. And he, you know, he's building an opposing institution. Um, That's exactly what we need. It's that kind of fire, right? And it's like, um, then he's, he's paved the way into like Geeks and Gamers. He's on their channels. And these are people who are pissed off, like really pissed off with the state. Uh, they don't realize they're pissed off with the state, but they're pissed off with the woke shit, and the woke shit's being pushed by the state. And they are actually disenfranchised with the state because a lot of them are like Trumpers and shit, or just conservatives who are, um, you know, it's going too progressive for them, and the, the, these are the guys left behind. They're all gamers, or well, just there, big stars. There's, there's also the aspect of the many of them being incels, and I, that's why I love the tie-in of Jordan Peterson with Eric July, with Dave Smith, all of these guys are answering the question, the same mm -hmm. question, but they answer it in a different way, and it speaks to people yeah. in different ways. But, but what they're all doing is they're highlighting that the state has failed you, and it's inevitably going to, and, yeah. and it's going to require pers personal responsibility, courage, a very big shift culturally in what, mm -hmm. we're, what we're doing. We have to re-embrace our masculinity. And, and stop running away from that and stop shaming people for being masculine because it's, yeah. it's fucking natural. Um, so I think that all of these guys are, are they're building institutions outside of the institutions to compete with the institutions. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I always say, like, I don't like Ben Shapiro, but at least he's doing something yeah. to oppose Hollywood by making yeah. his own movies. That's the one good thing he's doing right now. It's not forgivable enough for his position on Israel, but right. at least it's something. It's like okay, at least some conservatism is going to be um, embraced in culture somewhere, yeah. and that's the route that Eric paved. And where what I, if Dave Smith listens to this, what I would say is, like, get on his show or something, and just preach the shit you preached about where this woke shit's coming from, mm. what it's doing to us, um, you know, the coincidence of how it rose with like Occupy Wall Street and then there's this woke stuff. Mm -hmm. There's 
so much in that message he said which would just resonate instantly with the like with people who are gamers with people who are into comic books movies tv shows who are get who they feel they just want to escape reality that's all they want to do they just want to play the game escape reality ignore the world they cannot anymore and that is the one huge slip up that the the state has made yep. they pushed woke shit too far into the, where it shouldn't where it didn't need to be because these people are ignoring politics anyway and they've made them politically aware but they're lost yeah and it's like if you take this message to them they will that they will instantly resonate like that's, the numbers will bump up that's a great observation my friend that really is um and this is this is why i'm hopeful is because cultural marxism does fail because what it does is it forces the apolitical to become political against their will for their own survival and these young men who wanted nothing more than to just fucking play star wars or whatever yeah <laughs> you know? just swing their lightsabers about so yeah. <laughs> now, now all of a sudden they're told that they they have privilege and they're evil and they're this and they're that and of course of course at some point if you're told that you're a bad person even though you've done nothing but want to be left alone you're going to start to band together with other people that are being told that they are also evil for no apparent reason and if someone is smart enough to reach out to those people and say there is a path to fix this and it's liberty and it's the diminishment or the demolishing of the state i think we can actually get a real fucking like influx of the young the young men in this country and no disrespect to women but what we need are disenfranchised young men look at look at you know the the wars in the middle east and the the radical terrorists and stuff like young men are the ones that actually create revolutions in this country and i'm not as again not i do not want a violent revolution but you have to have the capacity to wield one if you're going yeah. to be taken seriously and listened to and at this point we don't have enough troops we just simply don't so yeah. we have to be a, a large enough threat that they will actually do our bidding otherwise they lose their seat at, at the of power um so exactly. i think no, we're headed 100 percent, 100 and Look, I, I got into a Twitter spat with Peter Joseph recently, and he's the one who red-pilled me to begin with, the creator of the Zeitgeist movement. Um, and, you know, lost some respect for him for his the way, he, the way he handled that. But he is a smart guy, and there is one smart thing he says, and that is um, there's a certain percentage point of a culture where if they're all on board with one idea, one concept, there's something like, 20 30 percent that's all you need yep. 20 30 percent there's no stopping that then that's yep. gonna that's gonna take over once that momentum's built you reach that point so i think what libertarians need as a goal the goal is you want at least around 20 25 percent of the population to uh feel the same way you do exactly and have a goal in mind and it will just roller coaster from there that's it the, snowball and the funny thing is is that because we only get you know two or three percent of the vote or whatever, people think that we're miles away from that. Let me tell you, we are fucking close. We are really, we are really, really close to having twenty or thirty percent of the population that, even though they don't know it, they agree with us on ninety nine percent of shit. Like yeah. they hate the lockdowns, they hate the tyranny, they hate being talked to like they're fucking peasants. Like they don't like this shit. They don't like new gun laws. Like there are a lot of people that really side with us if you get down to the brass tacks of it, but they don't know it yet. So yeah. we need a messenger that explains 
you don't disagree with us. You think you do because you've been propagandized to believe you do, but you don't. And in your exactly. heart, in your heart, you know it. And and I think that that's that's what Dave is capable of, and that's why I'm so fucking excited about him going for a run here. Because yeah, whew, it's gonna be just just I know I'm nobody, but my advice to Dave: navigate the culture. Yes. Just Eric July is shown away. I'm not saying go on there and preach about the woke shit or preach about comics and say, "Oh, yeah, yeah. no, just just you just." Use the path he's used. Yeah, just just yep. use that avenue and just reach out to these people. And yep. you've there's no stopping you from there, Dave. Honestly. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be talking to him here soon, so I'll try and I'll try and put that bug in his ear if he doesn't hear this one. <laughs> I might clip it and um, stick it up on Twitter yeah. if you'll retweet that one. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, of course. Go for it. Um, yeah. So, how much longer you got? I, I should probably go eat here soon. So yeah, because you got one more question for me. We can wrap it up. Um, yeah, man. Like one last question I'd ask is, how do you cope being retired at a young age? How do you not go crazy? Especially like pre-lockdown mainly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, it's. I don't know that I've ever worked harder than I have since I started this show. So like, my retirement is not a real retirement. Like I, I what's really gratifying about it is like instead of chasing dollars, which is what I had done for 15 years, um, I'm now chasing my true passion. And, and I think that's why I'm so energized. I don't have, I actually have less anxiety than I did when I was running my business, um, which is amazing because I had way more income. You know, I had way more reasons to be content and happy. But over the past year, I have felt more engaged more filled with fire and passion and life than I've probably felt in my entire life. So it's not hard for me. I mean, it, it, uh, I think that oftentimes when people retire, it's like, okay, I'm going to hit the links. I'm going to go golf and I'm going to play, you know, go to the poker hall or whatever and just kind of play out my days. I'm 38 years old. I'm not going to fucking do that. So, um, you know, I am, I am just funneling. I have, fortunately, I have a lot of resources so I can, I don't have to have an income to survive. Um, but because of that, I get to talk this crazy radical Liberty shit all the time. And I get to focus on social media to help build the following. And, um, fortunately I found guys like you and everybody in tower gang that's really helped, you know, propagate my message. And I'm just eternally grateful that, that you guys have, you know, seen me fit to carry on your message because it means the world to me. Um, I really, I just appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I just, the fact that everybody is so supportive, there's no, there's no like backstabbing and, and jealousy or anything. Everyone's just like, we, we all want to, we all have the same mission in mind. So like no one gives a fuck who ends up being the spokesperson for it. Like we're not politicians, I <laughs> we're not politicians basically. Oh well, yeah. Because we actually have <laughs> principles. We actually have principles and, and thank God for that because for the longest time I thought everybody involved in the libertarian scene didn't have these principles that I that I felt in my soul, and I have found, you know, thousands and thousands of people that have it beating through their fucking veins, just like I do, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and if one man can do a lot, like Ron Paul, like like Dave Smith's doing, and Eric July, and yeah, who else? Man, everyone, and like you know, all these podcasters, all these um, oh yeah, people no. going out there doing shit. The people, the, the people who don't get enough credit, people running charities who don't get enough credit. Like, Magnus Panvidia doesn't get enough credit. 
Yeah, definitely. He woke my dad up um, to libertarianism. Like, he's not a libertarian, but he's like, you're not my enemy. I know that. That's what my dad said. I love it. <laughs> so, you know, if one man can make a difference, thousands of people can, individuals can fucking go out there and make a difference. But yeah, yep. it's it's been emotional, man. It's been fucking been great. It's been great, dude. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you for having me on. I, I uh, yeah. Let me know when you put it out and I'll, I'll re retweet yeah. for if you want to plug anything, I'm going to stick it in the description of the video anyway. But if you sure. want to say quick plugs. Yeah, just uh, Twitter at Liberty Lock Pod. And then it is Liberty Lockdown on Instagram and Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, everywhere else. Uh, definitely check out the YouTube channel I have on, you know, really big guests. And if you've enjoyed any of this fiery Liberty Rant shit, you'll probably enjoy it. So check me out. Awesome, man. Yeah, okay. All right, everyone, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, this has been my first podcast in a long time, and my social skills have gone to shit, but I think I may have <laughs> done well enough. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. For, for a first go, you killed it, man. Everybody subscribe to Rogue Liberty. Yeah, yeah. Go find me on um, Twitter. All right. Goodbye now. <laughs>